It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. As the music does, in fact, indicate it is an Articles of News. If this is your first episode of the Cultural Hall, we do two episodes a week. Typically, one of those is an interview or a subject, uh, and the other one is news. Uh, in the second block of this Articles of News, uh, we normally do news, but today we talk with Jennifer Roach about spiritual hyperopia, or is it hyperopia? We talk about that and Elder Renlund's talk. That's in the second block. And in the third block, uh, we talk about the temple ticker. That is the latest and greatest news about temples and other type structures. Uh, we get. Into I think you should have a series. You should go from you know spiritual hyperopia and then like spiritual diarrhea. And spiritual, uh, uh, just I mean, however many where different ailments yeah. you can yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, that's not what we do. We just talk about the temples of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and meeting houses and, a, and an aircraft carrier. So that's coming up in the third block of the cultural hall. Uh, you heard him already as he interrupted my flow of thinking, I Mr. Know. Mayor himself. How are you, sir? That's my job, isn't it? To interrupt <laughs> your flow of thinking. It is worth becoming a Patreon saint so that you can see Father Mayor today. You'll have to see the video to understand. It does look like that, doesn't it? <laughs> well, what's funny is I've had to take, because I've been losing all this, a, a lot of these, this poundage has been removed from my body. Mm -hmm. Anyway, all my shirts are now, like, all my necks are really large. So normally I do one button down. So lately I've had to button them up. And even then they're starting to, so if I do one button down, it's really huge. Yeah, no. You look, you look like you should have a gold chain with your name on it when That's you right. try to take it. So yeah. I button it up, but then I look, but then even though I look like a father because of my white t-shirt underneath, it does, it does makes me look like a, a father, a priest, a pastor, so, so, a padre. So, I don't know. <laughs> Thanks, Mash. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, so quick question about that. At what point are you doing the clothes shopping after losing all this weight? I've always uh, wondered that. Because that's like I think it's still too soon. I think okay. it's um, if I do it, if I feel like I need, I'm just kind of starting to feel like I need some shirts, but I'm probably just going to go to Goodwill. Okay. Or to everyone outside of Utah, Goodwill's the DI. Yeah, the DI. I mean, it's not the the church doesn't own Goodwill everywhere else, but right? But same thing. Not synonymous. I mean, they're they're they look identical too. You yeah. walk inside, especially the new Goodwills, you would go if this was not the label of goodwill you'd say this looks like a di like i should take a picture you'd be like oh yeah that looks like a di yeah you know you want me to get you a shirt tell me tell you what go get yourself a shirt you vend me how much it costs i'll buy you that shirt whatever that shirt is <laughs> you get yourself a shirt i'll find you mean the the third three dollars from yeah goodwill? yeah from yeah, a goodwill no, i'm totally. not talking yeah. from like a no yeah yeah no yeah totally yeah, yeah at the goodwill and, and and wear it as a badge of honor where you're like, look at this size. Look at the size of the tag on this shirt. Look where I'm at. Look at this. I am, what I'm I doing. Am just barely. By the way, everyone's probably sick of, of hearing about all my weight loss stuff. But I am so close to the 200 mark that I can I can just nearly taste it. 200 so, pounds lost or being? No, no. Meaning at 200 in front of. Yeah. So it'd be like 297. Yeah, I started um, at 396. That's be like 100 pounds down. That means. And I haven't been in the 200s since like 2007, 2008, maybe Get it. before that. 2023 so. is the new 2008. Let's do it, baby. That's right. So maybe then we'll talk about it. And the next time I'm on Articles of News, my goal is to be there. So tell you what, you're not allowed again on an Articles of News until you're there. How about okay. that? 
There's okay. some incentive. Well, that, may, maybe then I'll just gain all the weight back. Oh, no, it backfired. Uh, Let's do some articles of news. Hit it, Peter. And away we go. Uh, Lots of uh, news, some quick, some otherwise. I sent you the links to the stories that I had. Did you have a chance to peruse or are you bringing your own stuff today? I've got two. Bring one of them. Let's do it, baby. So, again, this is surprising that the topic of of me for coming from me, but... um, the, the Tabernacle Choir Temple Square just mm-hmm. recently let go of one of its long-term members, but not just someone who sang with the choir, which he did. Um, his name is Scott Barrick. Scott, okay. um, uh, he was not singing in the choir last Sunday, so he's done, but he was also the general manager of the choir. Okay. And um, this is this his tenure, you can it was 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 historic, especially in choir in the choir. This is the kinds of things that he brought. So it says, as the as the as the general manager, his imprint was everywhere. So he established the choir's own record label. Okay, so that's a big deal. Nice. He produced 112 products, many of which climbed into the Billboard charts. So he's a Billboard chart-winning general manager. Whatever. He launched the choir YouTube channel. I mean, that. I mean, that's that's like. My modern renaissance into the choir was because of YouTube, right? Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. I changed the. He was there for the change of the official name and logo. He helped the choir become a member of uh, a number one Christmas program on PBS. I mean, he he's the guy who kind of put all that together. He established presence on Spotify, Pandora, and other digital music channels. He coordinated the choir's Olympic 2002 appearance. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I mean, his. I don't want to call it rain, but his. What would you call it? His his tenure, yeah, I'll take at, that. at the choir at the choir is quite historic, and he was an integral part of that as a general manager. So I just wanted to mention that because it's 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 it'll be interesting. Whoever takes Scott Barrick's shoes will have a lot to fill. So he's he's been there through some historic things. So that just occurred uh, twenty one years. He was with the Tabernacle Choir. I'm trying to look him up because. You know, based on all the gold records he likely has and the fact that he started that, like I want him to have a big crazy toupee and the whole thing. He doesn't. He's just a no. he, he just, looks yeah, he looks like an uh, like he could speak at general conference yeah. in a few weeks. Yeah. And maybe he will. Maybe that's where the move is. He got his MBA from Harvard Business School. He and his wife Shauna have three children and three grandchildren. I'm finding wow. it. Uh well, cool. Way to go, Scott. Maybe you should be you love the choir so much, maybe you should be the next one. You know, someday I'd like to be in it, but again, I as you mentioned last time we were on articles of news, I'm running out of time. I have to move yeah. back to Utah. If I'm gonna get it, it, get it. Uh, okay, I'm gonna run through some quick stories real quick. Uh, and I don't know why I said real quick, real quick like that. Okay, so uh, look up the Home Gardens Ward in Southgate, California. We'll put a link for it in the uh, show notes. Uh, it was designed. It is the first LDS meeting house to have been designed by a woman. Edith Northman, who immigrated from Denmark. We'll leave a link for that in the show notes. Uh, Also, the Idaho Falls Fifth Ward Meeting House. Uh, It was designed by local architects Sundberg and Sundberg back in 1939. Also super cool. And the Paris, Idaho, that's a town by the Utah-Idaho border. The Paris, Idaho 
tabernacle, all worth checking out. I've taken a deep dive ever since our episode with uh, Benjamin Felix about the architecture of the church, and those are some of my favorite that I found recently. So get nerdy with me. Go check those out. And if you have other buildings that you think are cool, I know about the uh, Garden Park Ward in the in the Salt Lake Valley. That's another amazing one. Uh, there's even a church just in the avenues in Salt Lake that is pretty unique. If there are other chapels, other— uh, Is that the—what is it? The Garden Park Ward there, too? Yeah, Garden in, Park Ward is in the Harvard-Yale area of Salt yeah. Lake, and that's absolutely unreal. It's the last building that President Hinckley dedicated before he died. Uh, yeah, or beautiful. I, I guess rededicated since it had been a chapel before, but— Pretty amazing, uh, getting nerdy about uh, church architecture. Uh, quick other couple stories. Uh, there is going to be a new book out about Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell and the end of an American family. It's called The Doomsday Mother. So look forward to uh, them. The end of an American family makes it sound like this is a general type of family. And man, every time I read more and more about that, she is, there's, it's not a normal no family <laughs> no but from the outside looking in oh yeah absolutely you would think that this is oh it's it's the quintessential american family uh it's called the doomsday mother our friend that's what bothers me the most about that story i think just because every time i look at it especially with chad daybell i don't mm -hmm. know many people when i see Lori, the way she acts is erratic and everything else that i've seen so i i don't i personally don't go oh she seems like people i know but chad seems like people who I would I was on the, my mission with or I served mm -hmm. in elders core and president mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. and that you know some of the best people I know and that's who did this you know yeah. that's what that's what's just like are you kidding so I'm I'm looking forward to mass consuming that book the doomsday mother Lori Vallow Chad Daybell and the end of an American family uh so look forward to that speaking of books I've already started and I'm working my way right now through bad Mormon this oh. is a book written by uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake. And the Kevin one with the Kay. suit? Yeah, she's being Lawsuit. sued. She's being sued by the church. And yep, here, here was the thing. I couldn't figure out why she was being sued by this the church just for the title of the book. That's not what it is. Is do it? You know why, the, do you know why she's being sued? I, I don't, because my assumption was that as well. And so I think I was like, in my mind, I'm like, didn't we just get rid of the trademark mormon and kind of focus on something else so yeah tell me tell me about well that. so she filed filed a trademark application uh, on the words bad mormon in june of 2022 she wants to use it on beer mugs shirts and socks and that is where the church has an issue with it not necessarily the title of the book the church opposed the application over claims that the trademark was created to cause confusion tarnishment and dilution uh, additionally, the church insisted that the use, using the word bad is deceptive in that it falsely represents that opposer, the church or its members, are bad or otherwise behaving immorally or contrary to the teachings of the church. Here's the deal. Book's out. I've got it. I'm into chapter three in Audible. The case is set to be resolved in court in May of 2024. Book will be out for more than a year by the time it finally uh, hits the court. So, uh, you know. Well, you know, I mean. Yeah, I think the use of the word Mormon is probably, I can see where the church is. On that. I mean, there's not much, though. Like, if you go into the, the all the microbreweries in US in, the, in Utah, mm -hmm. they all have some derivative, uh, negative kind of connotation. Sure, sure. Name. Polygamy, Porter, and yeah. some of these yeah. other ones. Sure. But those don't necessarily make cause confusion. I mean, 
I mean, they might, but there's not, there's not much you can do about that. Yeah. Well, and there's truthfully, I mean, the book is released. There's not much that the church can do about this either. Maybe no, they no. won't be able to, you know, have their, their beer mug stuff, maybe some of the promotional materials that they would have done for the book. I'll tell you what, though, so far the book, meh. We'll see. I, I want to know the ending. Yeah. I want to know the surprise ending. It's a memoir. Does so she join the church alive. at I'm the not end? Sure. No, she was a member. <laughs> I think she leaves the church at the end. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but here's the deal. Like, I, I didn't know really what to expect. And so far, I'm like, okay, it's a person. No, I know the ending. In the at the end. At the end, she's uh -huh. sitting in her room, uh -huh. and and someone knocks on the door, uh -huh. and it's two young sister missionaries. Uh -huh. Yeah, there it is. She comes back. There it is. She comes back. You're right. <laughs> yes. Uh, what was the other? And there's a little bit of light shining behind okay. them as she yes. opens the door. Yes. She had prayed about them the night before, and then That's there right. they were there. Uh, give me your other news story. I want to make sure that I give light, yes, pun intended, yeah. to the story that you uh, had also prepared. So, again, another Tabernacle Choir story. Oh, come on. That's all it is to become a one-trick pony there. I, not one, maybe yeah. two. Okay, two-trick pony. <laughs> um, so, I just wanted to mention that the 2023 Choir School has begun. And if you don't know what that is, it's part of the audition process for... Um, for the for the Tabernacle Choir. Okay. So the addition process starts in the summer. This is something that I'm, he's saying. Would, a, he's saying addition, but he means audition. Go ahead. No, I'm I'm Utah, so I'm saying <laughs> the audition process. Yeah. Ah, I need to say it. Audition process. Yeah, thank anyway, you. thank you. The audition process um, starts in like August, and these are those who have gone through three different levels. Um, of the process. So these are the best of the best in this current class, if you want mm -hmm. to call that. Mm -hmm. um, and so then they get to, to come and rehearse and actually sing with and and come and be part of the Tabernacle Choir, if you will, and um, and, and attend uh, rehearsals on Tuesday nights. And and this is the final steps to them being weeded out to the, to the end and the final uh, new Tabernacle Choir members um, chosen. Um, and I don't know when that actually uh, uh, is chosen, but what I will tell you is if you are interested in doing this, the new audition applicants for the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square will be available online June 1st and due August 15th. So then it'll start another another round. And so kind of watch for that. If that's Will you have moved you... here by then? No. Come on, you no. can work remotely. Move here. Yeah, see, that that's the thing. They need oh. to have... The temp Tabernacle Choir Temple Square Zoom version, and I'll totally do it. I mean, they or, have, you should look into it um, because remember they said they have opened up the choir to people not just a hundred miles within Salt Lake City. Yeah, but then eventually, if I got picked, I'd have to move home because I, it's not no, like I'm going to fly in. No, I think that that's what that I think that that's what that is in opening up the choir. Look into this. This was a story that we okay. shared a couple months ago. Yeah, but I didn't think that it meant that I could uh, I could like do it remotely. Well, no, no, you're not like a part of the choir like the choir like the traditional, but there's like the choir that oh, like regional, that, yeah, that also franchises re rehearses, and then you come to town for general conference. Look ah. into it. Look See, I it. didn't get that for yeah, some reason. Look into it. We... Yes, you did not get it. Well, and the reason why, and I can tell you the reason why, is I was going to give this story and you guys did it without me. Yeah. And I was well, mad. Well, you should 
spend some time learning about the stories that you didn't learn about spending some time doing and uh, keep practicing. So I listened to that audition. episode, <laughs> but I was mad the whole time you were giving it. So I didn't pay attention. Well, don't be mad. Be glad. Okay. Be happy. I'm, I'm happy. Uh, interesting uh, couple stories. Uh, one, this story out of Las Vegas. Uh, there was uh, more than 600 investors that took part in a Las Vegas-based Ponzi scheme involving nearly half a billion dollars that perpetrators used to buy luxury items and pay off gambling debts. Matthew Beasley, who's 49 and a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, faces federal charges in connection with an FBI agent-involved shooting on March 3rd of 2022 at his home. That's what he's in jail for. He is not in jail for the nearly... $500 million that he and others took, uh, the total, $449 million. Uh, it started to go throughout uh, d various wards, not only in the state of Nevada, but also in the state of Utah. Um, their particular firm was like, hey, this is what we're doing. We're loaning money to people who uh, are awaiting big claims, big insurance claims. And so we lend it to them, and you're guaranteed 12.5 to 25% on your oh, money. Oh, that's so, where it is. So, so give us give us the money. We'll loan it to them. And then they'll pay us back. And every 90 days, you'll make at least 12.5%. And so very trusting members of the church said, okay, all right, member of the church who's telling me that this is a great way to make money. I will second mortgage my home. I will take my 401k. I will give it to you in the total sum of $449 million. And uh, man, they just spent it, paid off debts, bought jets, all the all the rich, lavish lifestyle that you would think. Uh, just, just terrible. Um, so my that. bishop told me about something like this going yeah. on here. I, should I take, should I invest? No, I'm yeah. just kidding. My, at, at Darren's a friend of mine. <laughs> my bishop is not doing that. I'm just kidding. At tithing, at tithing settlement, settlement, it came up. He gave me this great idea yeah. about how I would never have to worry about money again. In fact, he showed me how I could pay my tithing. In by having this, this yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you want to hear a great episode of the Cultural Hall, episode number 502, we visit with Mark Pugsley and talk all about uh, this type of thing. It's called affinity fraud, and we spend that's, the entire episode talking one. about that. The um, thing I got out of that one, <laughs> and I actually knew this, but if someone's marketing to other people in the church for any reason, and that mm -hmm. seems to be their primary source of marketing, mm -hmm. there's something wrong. Sure. Like it's just in general that the product isn't right or they're selling you a, th uh, a multi-level marketing scheme or yes. a Ponzi scheme or something like that. that. That's if that's the primary source of 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 marketing and gaining new clients, you got to look at that. If you know the church, if that's where they're getting it. Uh, a bizarre addition to that story, because it just broke this last week, uh, the reporter who picked up that story had to pick up the Ponzi scheme story after the original journalist was killed oh geez yeah he was because of the ponzi scheme he no he was investigating another story and th the thought is is that the person involved in that story had him offed wow that that kind of stuff happens in today vegas so so you know i get i was gonna make a joke about the whole lost wages thing yep. but now i now it just yeah, kind of broke can't. the whole it yeah, falls on it feels a little tone deaf <laughs> 
Uh, there's a new historical film about the Nauvoo Temple that's coming from the church. Uh, should finish up here in the early part of 2023. Is it Mountain of the Lord? A, a the prequel? It, it's the pre-Mountain of the Lord. No, it, uh, it's the story, I mean, kind of, I guess. It's the story of the building of the Nauvoo Temple. It'll follow the struggles and triumphs of the saints through the eyes of church members in Nauvoo in the 1840s who lived the temple building experience, uh, featuring such characters as Bithia Fordham, uh, Elijah Fordham. Uh, Elijah Fordham, if you don't know, uh, is an early member of the church who, uh, wait, Elijah Fordham, uh, Bithia's father and an early member of the church who lost his wife and raised his daughter in Nauvoo while assisting with the construction of the temple. William Jones, who carved the first moonstone for the temple and worked on the temple until the exterior was finished. Elizabeth Jones was the wife of William Jones and one of the earliest members of the Relief Society. William Clayton also featured in this as well. Uh, and uh, that should come out, like I say. William Clayton of Come Come Ye Saints. Thing. Yes, yes. No toilet paper fear. Yep. Pick the grass. Anyway, um, so uh, here's what here's what I hope. I have high hopes for this. Some I hope high. that there is a line that mm -hmm. rivals. Yes. Here we will build the temple of our God. <laughs> no, see, no that that's not the line for me from that. Oh, but all I have is these two hands. Oh yeah. Promise to make you laugh every day. That, that's that's the quintessential line from Mountain of the Lord for me. Yeah, well, I still think, here we will build the temple of our God. I just want a iconic line. Is that too much yeah. to ask? It's got a rival with one of those two, so yes. that's what we're hoping for. Whoever's writing that, if you don't have an iconic line in there, start now. Rewrites, trials, get get all the characters going. I know you, you script writers probably uh, are not seeking for the iconic line, but that's got to be there. But you Something will. Something that missionaries will quote mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's the same as Quanata Forest from Lamb of God, the movie that I watched a bajillion times on my mission. Anyway, okay, let me get, there's three more stories I want to do, and then we got to be done because we've got the second block with uh, Jennifer Roach. We got the third block with the temple ticker. A young boy never broke again. This was a huge story. He is considering a Mormon baptism. Several of you just sent said, what, who? I don't even know what that is. Uh, in 2022, only Taylor Swift, you know who that is, and Drake, probably you know who that is, streamed more times than Young Boy Never Broke Again. This is uh, an artist who now lives in Utah as he is under house arrest. The missionaries uh, came upon Young Boy Never Broke Again, and he's talking about how now he's thinking about joining the church. He has to wait until... He is no longer on house arrest. I'm not sure if that's because they can't get wet or he can't go to a place that would be deep enough water that he could be baptized. Um, but he is essentially changing his life, says that he likes the message that these missionaries have brought to him and, and is considering a Mormon baptism. And the internet lost its mind. Well, I went to one of his videos and the right out of the gate was a scripture from Alma on his video. Yeah, changed. He's a changed man. Uh, scriptures from Alma means you're changed. I guess a young boy. I get you know. I guess he's a changed young boy. I I spoke probably not my kid. style of music. I tried my hardest to listen to it all. Well, and I couldn't. I uh, 
One of my favorite tweets I saw of this last week is that it said something like, uh, the LDS Church is really working the transfer portal ever since David Archuleta left. They're really working the transfer portal to get someone new in. And that the idea that young boy never broke again was that. There you go. That person. Quite a, quite a name. Yeah. Young boy never broke again. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a it lot. It really rolls off. Well, it yeah. fits if he's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Sure. It could be young boy. It kind of fits. It's a rapper name. Take it as long as you can. You so won't. many syllables. Yeah. Uh, Jay-Z, the, that doesn't, that, that's not no, good. No. no, young boy never broke again. If the member of the Church of Jesus Christ yeah. of Latter-day Saints. Okay, I got to get these two. Uh, LDS church employees can now get birth control coverage. This came out a couple weeks ago. A special thanks to Annette Luthi Lyon. She sent this over to me. Um, they will provide birth control coverage for its employees. For the longest time, they did not. The church found a DMBA, which is the Deseret, uh, uh, I don't know, it, uh, Deseret Mutual Benefit Administrators. There, that was important. Uh, back in 1970, it uh, manages the employee benefits for about 100,000 people connected to the 25 employers of the LDS Church, that being BYU, Deseret News, Deseret Digital Media, etc. Uh, they had, until February 1st, not ever covered birth control as part of their medical plans. And now you should do a do. whole episode on the history of birth control doctrine and that in the because that'd be interesting. I just kept thinking that okay. I got to shut up because you got to get going. Yeah, I'll do, you should I'll do, do that. a whole episode. I'll that. do that. Uh, and then the last thing that I wanted to share is there was a study out of Utah State. This is Susan Madsen, who's been on the cultural hall a bunch of times. Um, there is a study talking about women and the positive impact of women who serve missions. Um, here's a couple of quick takeaways. We're going to do a whole episode about this, but women who took missionary gap time were 33% more likely to switch to a major with higher earning potential than women who did not take gap time. I thought that was interesting. Women who uh, often switched majors with higher earning potential following their missionary service uh, also better prepared them to secure financial sta stability later in life and in a personal realm, upon returning from missionary service, women noted benefits that included increased interpersonal relationship skills, courage, confidence, personal awareness, maturity, independence, and an increased ability to overcome challenges. We found, this is the study, uh, that 96% of the women who took gap time for missions returned to college after their time away. So only 4% did not return. So if that's a concern for you, whether you think it's going to be worth it or you're worried maybe, hey, I'm not going to make it back to school, statistics would tell me otherwise. Mr. Mayor, thank you for being here. Absolutely. Bookofmormonsecrets.com or you can find them on Instagram at Book of Mormon Secrets. This is the opportunity for you to not only be able to see uh, Russ Brunson be able to go through like all the cool things with the first edition hymnal of the church or uh, the first edition book of commandments. This is also an opportunity for you to be able to go and see these books in Idaho or be able to win a replica. You need to go right now to bookofmormonsecrets.com 
or you can follow them at Book of Mormon Secrets on Instagram. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second block of the Cultural Hall to speak about one particular bit of news from the last couple of weeks is a good friend of the show, Jennifer Roach. Thank you for being here. Hello. Thank you for having me. You have been on multiple episodes. I don't know. The people that listen to this and take the show notes for us. Megan, thank you. I don't know what episode she was on, but I'm sure you'll find them and link them in the show notes. Uh, you wrote a book with our friend Nicoletti. You can do that. And then you were on another time and and that'll be in the show notes as well. So there you go. Well, welcome back. Thank you. I, Great to be here. I know that you've been doing a, a little foray into other uh, podcasting. So, I mean, I have, you know, I was a guest on practically every single LDS podcast. So eventually someone said, can you just like take over the microphone this week? So, you know. Well, and also you have started your own come follow me thing. Yeah, you, you couldn't get in <sighs> on that too soon. There's not enough I of those. Know. But there are not enough of those trying not to compete with the horde of other Come follow me podcast, trying to do something a tiny bit different. We're going through the New Testament text, looking at the questions evangelicals would ask our faith based on what comes up in that text. It's actually been super fun. I was really hoping that you were taking like the antithetical approach and you're like, <laughs> don't follow me. That's what we're doing. And and because people are naturally rebellious, mm -hmm. they would listen to what you'd say and they'd be like, well, no, I'm not going to go sin. I'm going to try and be perfect. Yeah. And then you're like, ha, 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 ha. it's reverse mind, reverse yeah. mind control. Yeah, it works all the time. <laughs> uh, I, I have you in here because uh, Elder Renland, a, a few days ago, uh, as we're recording this, speaking at the Institute of Religion at Arizona State University, used the term spiritual hyperopia or opia, depending on which part of the country you're from. And as one person, when I shared this on our Facebook page uh, related, they're like, is this another ponderize situation? Which I'm not sure if you were a member of the church at the time that that came out, but Elder Durant in General Conference yeah, a few years ago, he did this whole talk around ponderizing, and it was this made-up word for his family. I mean, it was mm -hmm. a little bit of a thing he had to apologize for because he had purchased mm -hmm. a website and was going to market the whole thing or his kid or something like that. Oopsie. Spiritual hyperopia, opia, an actual thing. And, and let's talk about what it is. So I do not recall ever hearing this concept under that term. However, the term immediately made sense to me. Like, oh, yeah, like it's not myopia. The word President Nelson used in conference four or five conferences ago, it's it's the the oh the overdoing it. I thought it was a great little phrase. So, so but I mean, okay, it's great. What is it? I still don't know. Yeah. I, I and and your friend uh, Kurt Frankham, our mutual friend Kurt Frankham, mm -hmm. will let you know that uh, I have people that have gathered around uh, so that I don't actually have to do the work. I can just oh. ask people and say, 
tell me what this is. And then I share it with everyone else and go, see, I knew what it was. Why didn't you guys all know Jennifer like I do? So what is it? Right. So it's this idea that people sort of, instead of taking the things that are right in front of them as useful and helpful, they look far, they're farsighted. It's not short-sightedness, it's farsighted. So they they long for heaven and things will be wonderful and perfect there, but this life just kind of sucks and you just have to get through it. Instead of saying like, my goodness, there's actually some some good things here. You don't have to over-spiritualize everything. Like use the tools you have, live the life you have. Don't Don't live with your head in the clouds. Give me an idea of what this might sound within our uh, within our cultural aspects. Yeah, so I, this is a great example. I'm gonna I'm gonna obscure the details just a tiny bit for privacy. Um, but I was in a, a conversation with somebody this week who was upset with me. They didn't like something that I had said, and the, the did you tell them to get in line? I did not. Oh, sorry. I said an opinion. That's that's what I do. I say get in line. If you're upset with me, get in line. It's long and it goes over that way. Yeah, that line is growing for me. Anyway, um, we disagree on this. And he says, you are not keeping your baptismal covenants by having this opinion. And I thought, oh, goodness, like what a way to over-spiritualize something. It, It can't just be... I have a different opinion and I'm okay and you're okay. And like, th- this is no big deal. It, it was like, like boom to the like hyper spiritualizing of that, of like, this is a covenant issue and you are wrong wow. instead of like, Hey, this is an interpersonal thing. Let's figure it out. Huh. So I, I think then it's sort of within our culture that we do this a lot to one another, certainly. Yeah. It, it, and sorry, I, I think in the, in a, in a person's like, own life, it looks like, um, I don't want to read scriptures. I don't really want to pay attention in church. I don't want to pay attention to Sunday school. It's so boring. I want to hear something new and deep and meaningful and that'll rock my world. And there's nothing wrong with that desire. However, if you pick that, you're going to be waiting a long time. Hmm. Like how many Sunday school classes do you leave going? Yes, that was the best. <laughs> Some, 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 but not some, all, some, not all, right? Yeah. So if that's what you're waiting for, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So this is the idea of like the things that you are being given are bread and butter and bread and butter are good. Um, yeah. So you mentioned uh, at the top of this whole thing that uh, President Nelson uh, mentioned a few conferences ago mm-hmm. about being myopic. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming that that is the opposite of this. Yeah. Of this. What does that look like? Yeah, so the story he told, and ugh, I haven't listened to it in a while, so forgive me if I get the detail wrong. Oh, paraphrase away. We do it all the time. In fact, Thank attribute you. it to someone else, and we'll all go, oh, I didn't know, and then we'll continue to perpetuate it. It's no big deal. It's what we do within the culture. So, yeah, I'm going to summarize the prophet. I just speak for him now. That'll go great. Um, he, he a, a relative or someone that he knew, their father, I think, had died and this relative was extremely just like distraught, 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 and, and understandably so. And President Nelson's response, at least to his wife, was like, that's a little myopic, meaning, yeah, he's yeah, he's gone, but th- there's more to the story than this. We believe in eternity, like he, you're gonna see him again. And I don't think he was trying to say like being devastated by someone dying is bad, sure, but like pull the lens out a tiny little bit and there there's more to the story what elder renlin is talking about is 
don't pull it back so far that you can't see like the good things like try and hit that middle ground there's there's a phrase i don't i don't think i've ever heard this in the lds church but evangelicals use this phrase phrase which is um you're so heavenly minded that you are no earthly good mm. meaning Ooh, like, like that. could could you just please like stay in reality with all of us and 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 take the things that are in front of you instead of the over over spiritualizing of it do you think that it's a, a thing that we're more prone to be towards one than the other, or is it so, sort of a constant tug of war between nearsighted, farsighted, uh, farsighted, nearsighted? What a great question. You know, um, so so if you'll allow me to geek out for a minute. Please. Yeah. Geek so away. Historically, in Christianity as a whole, the last 2,000 years, the tendency overwhelmingly has been to, to be farsighted to to focus on the spiritual and not on the like physical that's here that's a heresy that rose in the first century they call it gnosticism it basically means um the things that you can think about or believe are good but everything having to do with like your body in the here and now is bad hmm. so be beliefs matter actions kind of don't matter as much as long as you believe the right things you get a pass on doing hmm. some of the the things in the here and now. Like you don't really have to like actually sit down and read your scriptures. Just believe the right things and, and you'll be fine. And Gnosticism is it is rightly labeled a heresy from the first century on. And it pops up in every single generation. There is not a time when that has not been kind of a flavor of Christianity. And it causes a lot of problems, to be honest. It makes people um kind of get into this weird space of like well i believe the right things i'm a good person and i don't actually right. have to do the right things um in our church our latter-day saint church there is a tiny bit of a different flavor to it simply because there is an emphasis on like you actually need to do some stuff and i think that mitigates it somewhat mm. and not entirely yeah so, so uh, in our kind of waning moments of this whole thing, I would ask you, so if we find ourselves either myopic or uh, hyperopic, opic, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know, which people are yelling. People are hearing that and yelling. That's not the way. It's pillow, not pillow. I get it. Let's move on. Uh, how, how can we kind mm -hmm. of uh, check ourselves before we wreck ourselves? You know, it's the same thing that we do in mental health. I'm a mental health therapist. There are some people who like kind of live in the past. And, and they're constantly like ruminating over what has happened in the past. And there's people who live in the future and they're just in constant anxiety about what might happen. And the solution to that is, can you get yourself grounded into today's reality? What do you need to do today? Hmm. What are the tasks in front of you? What's going to help you get through this day? Sometimes with mental health clients, um, there's a tool that I use where like you're going to set an alarm every three hours on your phone. And when that alarm goes off, you need to check in with yourself. Mm. What, what have I been doing? How am I feeling right now? How do I want to feel in three hours? What do I need to do to get there? Like it's very concrete in the right now. And so if you're in the spiritual version of this, kind of too nearsighted or, or too farsighted, it's the same thing. Reground yourself. Where Where are you right now? What do you need right now? Are you feeling kind of spiritually bleh, whatever? Well, what helps you in that? Is that a conversation with a friend? Is it a great song? Is it your favorite conference talk? Is it whatever? 
it, it, you're not going to find like the one great thing that lifts your spirits every single time. But a lot of what we do in mental health is like, you need to reground yourself by doing some deep breathing. Mm. Well, breathing is the most boring thing that there is. Everyone breathes all the time. And yet in mental health, like we put this huge emphasis on like, do your deep breathing because it's this sort of put your mind back into today. So you do the spiritual version of grounding yourself and doing some rebreathing. Jennifer Roach, uh, tell people where they can listen to, uh, not that one, but the other one, if they want to. Uh... <laughs> yes, uh, my fair, don't follow me. I mean, come follow me podcast. Yeah. Don't follow um, me, what? What? Follow Jesus, don't follow me. Yeah. Um, you can listen to that either on the Fair Latter-day Saints website or their channel on YouTube. Oh, it's you're a, a, you're a YouTube sensation, Jennifer? I, I think sensation is pushing it. You're a, you're you're on YouTube. <laughs> there are literally dozens of people listening. <laughs> yeah, we're not hundreds. We are at the dozens of levels of people. Right. <laughs> uh, you can go and check that out. Uh, appreciate your time as always. Coming up in the third block of the cultural hall, we've got Corey the Pharaoh himself talking about the temple ticker. We'll come back and do that in just a minute. <laughs> bestdjinutah.com. It's been a while since we've had a new one of these, and I apologize for that. It's because I've been so busy DJing events all over the country, uh, but especially here in Utah. Been able to do some great, uh, you know, weddings. I've done a, a prom or two for different listeners of the Cultural Hall. I love it when you uh, reach out to me at bestdjinutah.com, or uh, you can find the phone number online as well. I would love it if you say, hey, I heard about you on the Cultural Hall. Because maybe, just maybe, I give a cultural hall discount. Uh, all sorts of events. It doesn't have to be a, a wedding. It could be a community event. Maybe it's a ward or youth activity. I'm doing one of those this summer. In fact, just lock the deal down on that. Uh, whatever it may be, if you need music to accompany your event or you just need a great MC, I would love to be able to help you out. You're simply going to need to go to bestdjinutah.com. Hi, friends. Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop, and they start at only $29 a month. And it comes with a lifetime warranty. Just check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. Here in the third block, it is time for the temple ticker. Corey the Pharaoh Ward himself steps in and tells us all things temple. And it's not just dedications and rededications and buildings and all that stuff. Sometimes it's weird Instagram accounts that he finds and is like, hey, do an interview about this. Or there's other stuff as well. Thanks for being here, sir. Yeah, your interview with uh, Benjamin Felix was really good. I listened to it. Yesterday. Well, I have to tell you, thank you for all of that. He's a fascinating, fascinating person. And uh, the schematics of the Kirtland Temple, if we were to finally purchase it and make it our own, is super cool. And I've been able to share it with a bunch of cool people. And they're like, but that's one of a kind. And it is. So thank you. <laughs> I told my wife I want it framed for Christmas so I can put it in the walls of my studio. And she said, what even is it? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's most people's responses. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what? Okay, cool. Cool. Good for you. Uh, we got all things temple and I'm excited because the first uh, bit of temple news means I'm going on vacation. Yeah, so the dedication and open house of the Helena Montana temple was announced. Um, so they'll start with the media and VIPs tours May 15th to the 17th. The open house will be May 18th and extend till June 3rd. And then the dedication will be on uh, June 18th. And this will be Elder Gary Stevenson, which will do the dedication. 
And it's like a, it's notable also too in that it's such a quick turnaround, right? From dedic or from announcement to dedication. Yeah, about two years and three months. So definitely, this is the fastest Nelson Temple. The Hinckley Temples, there's plenty that were under two years, but um, yeah. But several of those Hinckley Temples have been rebuilt, so maybe Nelson, we do it a little differently. I like also the distinction of a Hinckley. That's a Hinckley Temple. Ah, that's a Nelson <laughs> Temple. I'm pretty sure they would be like, no, 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 guys, nah, please, they're not, no, not me. They're the Lord. Oh, right, fine, call it a Nelson Temple. Uh, you want to come to? You want to come to Montana? I think I'm going to do a quick tripper. Yeah, let's do it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not joking. Road trip. <laughs> Drive up, go see it, stay the night, drive back. That's it. Okay, yeah. Okay. Maybe we'll make an episode out of it. Uh, what else? You We go to Vanuatu, which I contend the only reason that people know it is from Survivor Series nine, uh, Season 9. Really? Okay. I, yeah, I need that, to catch up on those. They they were there, and I, I'm, I would feel pretty confident, and that's how the only reason that people even know how to say it here in the United States. Yeah, so the groundbreaking of the Bono, Port, Port Vila Vanuatu Temple was um, announced for March 4th. So just about a month from now. Um, so the temple was announced back in October 2020. And then we got a rendering almost a year ago, last May. It's 10,000 square foot, kind of like Helena, but it kind of has a spire in the front of the temple rather than in the middle. Um, there's They're building a, a like a patron housing in the back. They're tearing down the meeting house that it's there. And then that's going to serve the the two stakes and the districts that are in Vanuatu as well as New Caledonia. Now, is it an arrival center? Because you marked that there's not only the temple but an arrival center. Is that like the like where you go and you show your your uh, recommend and that, or is that like uh, lodging? It's more like lodging and dressing rooms and um, just places to wait for people that aren't going to the temple. Oh, okay. So in in maybe other eras, there would be like a like a small, like a larger waiting room or um, a cafeteria in the temple and stuff like that. But now mm -hmm. we've shifted to where temples are strictly for ordinances. And then in a lot of these countries where you have to travel to go to the temple, they have these arrival centers where you can wait and eat and all that stuff. That's awesome. That's awesome. So then we traveled to the big one, the, uh, I would say the OG, but it's not the OG, but one of the OGs. Uh, there have been a, a ton of updates about the Salt Lake Temple. What do we need to know? What's significant? And and what is it just, well, it's been another month. We should probably put up another article about what's changed. Sure. Well, um, you know how they're like digging underneath the uh, the foundation area of the temple. Well, they've completed that. The north and south side is are complete. So it's as deep as it will go. Um, and then the area around the church office building um, is expected to be finished this fall um so we are we've already seen that there's like a, a new sign up in front of the the view of the temple that's quoting a, a scripture from isaiah about the mountain of the lord hmm. and then as well as the the main street plaza area that big fountain that place where the church took over the street uh, in the what mid 2000s um maybe 90s so that, that area will be finished and open up to pedestrians again is that is that fountain and pond where everyone gets engaged at Christmas? Is that still there? That's what it is. I think okay. they're also enlarging it. They said okay. they were enlarging it a little bit. That's because so. you had to wait. And here's why theory on that. This is this is from a Reddit thread. 
because they want people to get engaged quicker. Because if you're trying to wait to get in front of the fountain at Christmas time to be able to get engaged, you'd have to wait hours. So if they make it bigger, the theory, the thinking is people can get engaged quicker, subsequently allowing them to get married quicker, married subsequently quicker. <laughs> allowing them to be able to have families together. I mean, it's it, it's exponential. All the plans, all yeah. part of the plan. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, that I wish that were true. Yeah, so they've um, they started construction on the the lower three floors so that will be like the underground part of the temple. Um, on the north side is where they're building the two baptistries, some more of the ceiling rooms, the dressing rooms, and all the offices. And so, um, something I did actually, um, I was at a fireside last night with the one of someone that's working on the Salt Lake Temple. Specifically, mm -hmm. they're working on this part of the temple, um, and they said that I, this is something that um, I didn't wasn't sure, but they are using um, pieces of the old baptismal font to construct one of the new baptismal fonts. So oh, if you cool. follow the news, they took out the the old baptismal font in the temple and they, they're going to build two new ones in the underground part. And so that original oxen and everything will be in that new baptistry. That's cool. That's awesome. You want to know something even weirder than that? There's a place <laughs> in Bountiful, this, uh -huh. this, odd place and I don't have time to get into the reason why I know this but there are these people that have sort of hoarded old church things and in like their barn they have the plaster cast uh for one of the versions of the cattle or of the oxen for the Salt Lake Temple so they could technically recast using the original model cuz these people still have it in their barn I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they're doing. I would because these people do not like the church. Okay. Well, maybe there's more copies. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, They're like, so maybe a also, copy of a copy. So the guy was also working on the, um, we talked about that the south area of the temple will have an underground hall with, they said, replicas of ordinance rooms. There'll be a baptistry ceiling um, room and all that. Um, and what he told me is that um, these ceiling rooms, these rooms, replicas of the temple will actually not be in the Salt Lake Temple aesthetic, kind of like the turn of the century era. Hmm. We'll just kind of look like your generic temple. Um, so the purpose of that is to whenever like you're, someone new is going to the temple, they can visit these areas. They'll be as high quality as any other temple. But oh. you'll be able to basically visit this replica um, of the ordinance rooms. That makes sense, because how many millions of people a year come to the Salt Lake Temple and go, yeah, I'd like to see inside. And we go, no, you can't. But if we could say, hey, here are the different rooms. This is what this looks like. This is what this looks like. That I mean, that makes a... That but it won't, yeah, it won't look like it won't look like the style of the Salt Lake Temple. Just like a, what, a generic temple, I guess, yeah. is what he told me. Yeah, so. I mean, enough to suffice, right? Sufficient <laughs> enough. That's right. Um, and then they also started where the North Visitor Center used to be. You know, that area, um, some people called it the Space Jesus, uh -huh. the Christmas statue with all like the planets and the clouds and everything yes. around him. Yeah. <laughs> so they I've started. I've never heard him called Space Jesus, but I appreciate it. <laughs> that comes from uh, Eli McCann, if you know who uh, that is. Ah, uh, previous guest of the Cultural Hall. <laughs> That's sure. right. Um, he, um, so the, yeah, the Lapa Gardens over there. And then they're also starting soon the renovations on the Joseph Smith Memorial Building, uh, the Beehive House, and the Lion House. Um, and then they're closing the temp the the Assembly Hall temporarily, so they can kind of rearrange um, the buildings around there, the bathrooms and everything. So, hmm. and then they're installing the base isolation um, unit in the bottom of the temple's foundation. And so the church put out this very detailed, like ten minute long video about how this works. So if you're really interested in um, earthquake engineering and all that, um, check out this video. 
You can find it in the show notes. Corey has put together just amazing show notes for all of what he's talking about. So, oh, go ahead. Something that they said in this that kind of got a lot of headlines in the desert news was that the temple weighs as much as an aircraft carrier. Hmm. And they have a little model of the aircraft carrier next to the temple showing how like large the aircraft carrier is, but like the temple weighs as much as that. But here's the real question. Does the temple float? Uh, no, I could say no, it does not. Ah, okay. So well, we can't win them all. We can't have everything. <laughs> it will float when there's an earthquake. It'll kind of just float on the surface. And I appreciate that's that. what the ice ladies are. But what what, he, what that guy also did tell me is that right now the temple is actually pretty vulnerable. Mm. So like, if there's a big earthquake in the next two years, um, it's kind of bad news for the temple. So <laughs> if that earthquake can just hold off until 2025 then the temple will be fine. But right now it's up in the air. <laughs> yep. It's literally up in the air. I appreciate the joke <laughs> that you made. Uh, we go to uh, New Zealand and I have a question because I saw uh, a headline and I, I I didn't have any idea what it meant. And then I thought, and this is genuinely the thought process that I went through. I'll be able to ask Corey about it. I'm just going to make sure that I remember to ask the question. Uh, the Auckland New Zealand temple, what is cladding? I think it's just like the outside stone. No. Oh. Okay. So, yeah. Sounded a lot cooler than that. Uh, yeah, this article was paywalled, um, but I got some information off of churchofjesuschristtemples.org. And um, that's uh, Rick Scatterfield is this website. Mm -hmm. um, he uh, said that um, it's actually been stalled for several months. So, but it seems like it's going again. Um, so it's getting a lot of attention on the highway. The temple is kind of a large building on the main highway there to the airport. Um, in Auckland, they have this thing called the Sky Tower, which is this like large um, tower that you can go up and see the view of the city, and you can see the temple there. It's the second tallest temple in the or second tallest building or structure in the Southern Hemisphere, so you can hmm. see the temple view from up there. And then, if the article's correct, um, it will be finished next year, so 2024. Hey, we'll take a road trip to Auckland too. Let's do it. We're planning all of our temple trips together, you and me, you and me. Uh, Anything, any sort of speculation as to why it's been delayed? Is it the weather? Because I know they've had some pretty crummy weather in Auckland and, or is it maybe political, it something like that? Probably more like supply chain. Oh. It's, it's hard to get things shipped. I mean, these, a lot of stone comes from China and other parts of the world. So, yeah. So nothing fun, nothing <laughs> scandalous. I'm aware of. Yeah. yeah. What about uh, Farmington, New Mexico? Yeah. So they had a, in a little economic breakfast of the Four Corners area, they had a presentation about the temple from some of the builders and people. Um, they, of course, they uh, talked about the economic impact of the temple, how it will attra uh, attract dollars to the city, the quality of life, and the individuals and families that will come, and the people that may consider retiring because they want to be close to a temple. And so another thing that they talked about was just kind of the, the designs of the temple. Um, they used some of the the local um, tree pine cone designs, the desert roses in the stained glass and in the, the stone cladding, I guess. I always so like that, to say flora and fauna. That's <laughs> right, flora and fauna. We use some of the local flora and fauna. And they said this temple will be expected to be finished in uh, early 2025. Okay, okay, man, we're cruising through it. Uh, you have included in here a list of new temple presidents. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, the church news kind of drips these out every winter um, up until when they serve. Um, but what's notable is that a few of these 
temple presidents are temples that are under construction. So that kind of means that they're probably nearing completion and they're ready to open. So um, the Bangkok Thailand temple, the president and the matron were announced there. He's a former state president from Thailand. He's Thai, um, which is I think special because a lot of uh, these new countries that haven't had a temple before, they normally get like a North American president to come sure. and be that first president. But it's notable that the first president is Thai. That's significant. That's awesome. And then McAllen, Texas, um, there's a couple that's actually on a Spanish branch up in San Antonio, and they were former mission leaders in Mexico City. So they'll be the president and matron of the McAllen, Texas Temple. And then the Orem, Utah Temple, that's um, a local guy that was the former president of the Nashville, the Tennessee Nashville Mission, was hmm. called. So the Orem, Utah Temple is probably going to be finished next year. Come or on, let's late, get it done. Late this year, late this year, maybe. Get it. Let's get it, Orem. We've got Provo on here too. A little bit of upcoming renovation clues. I like this. This makes me feel like uh like you're a sleuth. Yeah, well, I saw this on a Facebook page of local Provo News, and um someone had reported that the church had applied to the city. So the church is kind of in the motion of beginning these renovation process of the temple when the Orem temple's finished. Um, so the application was to the city of Provo and asked the city to vacate North Temple Hill Drive um, in front of the temple in between the missionary field and the temple. Mm -hmm. um, and they want that for private property. And so this is not the first time the church has bought a street in Provo. They bought a, a segment of 100, or let's see, 100 South. Uh, it's just south of the Provo City Center Temple after the Provo Tabernacle burnt down. So kind of similar, they're, the church is kind of trying to redesign the parking lot and everything. And they're kind of saying, well, we mostly just use the street for our purposes. So we might as well buy it and take on the maintenance cost of this driveway that you're maintaining for us. So do you think that they would change it not to be a street anymore and make it into something else and give it a different layout? Or do you think they just are like, we want it, ours? Yeah, I think they kind of want to reconfigure how the parking lot looks like, how the grounds in front of the temple look like. And so um, they probably don't want the through traffic. There's probably pretty few through traffic anyways. But yeah, mm -hmm. um, this is also not the first time we talked about Salt Lake bought, um, or the and in Salt Lake, the church bought Main Street. Yeah. Um, a, little, in, a little more messy than when they bought more messy. South in Provo, for sure. <laughs> That's right. They also bought um, 100 East in Manti. Um, that was just kind of the area in front of the temple where they were doing the the, the pageant every year. They used to mm -hmm. do that. And then recently in St. George, they've taken over 400 South in front of the temple between the temple and the parking lot. Interesting. So a lot of streets in Utah, the church has bought. We want more streets. That's what we need money for. <laughs> right. The future is streets, Pharaoh. The future is streets. I have a street just to the south of me I want to purchase. Yeah, do the yeah. application to the city. Ask for yeah, I'm going to. I'm going <laughs> to. I actually have no interest. It's so expensive. Uh, that's actually real. The uh, street to the south of me is a private lane, and everybody who lives on that lane has to pay so much money really? for like snow removal. And to who? The owner? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the arrangement. I just know that you know there's okay. eight houses, and they have to pay an exorbitant amount of money, and I'm like, no thanks. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything uh, that you're hearing, any rumblings of anything that as you look towards Temple, something, something you're excited for, anything like that? Um, no, that's about it, I think. You put it all together and gave it to us. He comes in, he does the Temple ticker. Corey, the Pharaoh Ward, uh, I'm, I'm excited to uh, take this road trip 
We'll have to figure out the up and back to Helena, Montana. They've they've got a really cool Catholic church in Helena, and we'll go see the uh, state capitol building yeah. as well. You've been? No, I said I want to see that. Oh, yeah. No, it's cool. And the state capitol, and I'll tell you about how Helena shouldn't be the capital of Montana, but how it was a ballot stuffing thing. It's a whole deal. We'll talk about it. We'll have nine hours in the car together. <laughs> okay. uh, I hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. Hope that if you weren't able to make it, you'll be able to make it next week. And uh, that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row. Of the cultural, the cultural hall. hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back 